Hello on everybody and welcome to episode number eight of the RIP podcast. As usual, we hope you've had a very, very good week. And uh, and this week we've got some big, big names to uh, talk about. I think uh, I think this has got to be the the first podcast we've done where we're talking some real big names that we've uh, we've got on the list uh, this week. Uh, but before we get to all of that, uh, I am joined this week by Barnaby. Uh, how are you doing today, sir? Yeah, not too bad. I'm tell you what, I'm loving the weather actually. It's been a nice little change. It's nice to see that the weather's finally warming up and hopefully this is going to coincide with the easing of lockdown. So the weather getting nicer and then everything getting yeah. nicer as a whole. All, all, all in all, not too bad. How about yourself? Yeah, fine, buddy. Uh, I Likewise, I've been enjoying the fucking, the nice bit of uh, weather that isn't rain or fucking frost or snow or any of the above that would be deemed as horrible. Uh, it's been nice. I've been enjoying it, Barnaby. Yeah, yeah, but otherwise, mate, it's been a pretty, uh, it's been a pretty regular week of doing not a lot. <laughs> I can safely say the same too. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, you know, it's uh, is what it is. Right. So uh, this week we are going to be looking at the brand new records from Architects and the one and only Alice Cooper. So we've got two heavyweights, both in their own right. There is no Slayton celebrated this week uh, because we didn't get around to listening to an album. <laughs> <laughs> Even but, though we uh, had all the time on our hands. I know, right? I literally, I literally, as I just said, like, oh, I've, I've not done, like, uh, anything much this week. But, yeah, I'm saying I don't have the time to listen to it now. <laughs> that's all I've got the time to do. Oh, uh, fucking hypocrite. Nothing sometimes. hypocrite! Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, as I say, so that'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back next week. For now, though, uh, it's been a pretty, pretty big week news-wise. Barney, do you want to kick us off with the news? I will certainly kick off with the news and one thing that has been on all of our minds has been festivals with the announcement of uh, Boris Johnson's uh, roadmap out of lockdown with the potential uh, easing of all social interaction restrictions on the 21st of June. This is according to many caveats, of course. Festivals have already given a provisional, a blight provisional go ahead and two of those have been Leeds and Reading. So two very, very big names have said if everything goes well, their festivals will be going ahead this summer from the 27th to the 29th of August. And actually, I believe most of the days have sold out, if I'm correct in saying so. They have, yeah. So they've, uh, I think the, after the initial announcement on Monday, Reading leads, obviously, they quite uh, <laughs> quite uh, immediately put up their uh, on their socials that summer is back. Get, get ready, everyone, because we're going to be back. We're going to be back at full, you know, full steam. And um, uh, I got I got I got mixed feelings about all of this, Barnaby. So, as you say, so obviously following the uh, the announcement Monday and this whole roadmap situation in regards to the current pandemic. June 21st, we are allegedly based on obviously each stage there's four stages uh, and you know there's five weeks in between each stage where we gradually start to live life like we used to uh with june 21st being the day where everything is technically how it was 
you know, before any of all of this. If anyone remembers um, how it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm struggling to remember what normal life was like. Yeah, what was gigs? And what was like going out and not having to worry about killing someone's grand? I know. Um, <laughs> I used to do that anyway in normal life, mate. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah, so with that being said, and the possibility of life being somewhat normal uh, in June or come June, a lot of festivals such as Reading and Leeds are the two biggies, really, yeah, uh, that absolutely. have come out and obviously said that, well, based off of the government's announcement, we are going to be proceeding as planned. Um, and then in the wake of Reading and Leeds, you've then had obviously quite a lot, uh, a lot further, further festivals coming out with their plans for the for the rest of the year, such as uh, Bloodstock, uh, Two Thousand Trees, Arc Tangent. I mean, other festivals. I believe there's another one in Bristol. Uh, slips my mind the name of it, but oh, I, yeah, it was in the news the other day. Okay, it I may come back. It may come back to me. Oh, SW Four in London as well. And have yeah. they said anything about downloads, Stephen? This is one festival I have not heard being mentioned at all um because that's on that's on the side of june isn't it yes so um i mean download was initially supposed to take place quite early on this year funnily enough because it was yeah. uh it was supposed to be where obviously got cancelled last year uh and it got moved to this year i believe that they were they moved it a week earlier than it normally happens so download mm. was supposed to be happening i think the first weekend of july of june or even the second weekend of june mm. but normally it's like quite slap bang in the middle that might uh, be a bit problematic for them to go ahead with that day if um i mean if that's if all things go as planned which in itself uh, is very very yeah so exactly so it's it's a it's a bit of an odd one <laughs> because i mean i i think there's not been a week that's gone by in this in this show where we haven't discussed you know music coming back eventually in terms of live events and you know we've obviously been reporting or talking about issues with we only talked about Hellfest last week being postponed yeah and, um, um yeah exactly and what i wanted to bring up uh, i mean it, well it's good news for us on the continent it's certainly gotten worse as grass pop has been cancelled as yeah. well that's when, when, does, when does that normally take place that's usually in uh, oh god i might get slated by the european listeners for this i think it's in holland it's in oh, Holland or Belgium. Where? It's one of the two. Oh, when? when? Um, yes. When? Give a fuck where it is. I want to know when. Give me dates. I think it was meant to, I think it was meant to happen in July. July. Well, I okay. remember, yeah, June or July. But obviously, that's been canned because of the way things are going in Europe currently. So Yeah. Well, this is it because, um, <laughs> I mean, that says a lot in terms of how it's looking from, you know, across the pond and all these other countries. Because, I mean, despite our logistics and the way that this country is planning on coming out of lockdown and, and going back to normality that isn't necessarily the case with a lot of other countries i mean i think it was i think czech, the republic, czech republic went into uh i think they've recently just gone into another lockdown because oh, of certain yeah. cases yeah i mean so all these countries are obviously working on a different time scale which you can only, you can only question is going to affect a lot of international acts when it comes to traveling uh in the summer yeah uh, which is one issue that's obviously been sort of brought up uh following this news of of uh live events returning including festivals now so again as i said before i mean it's great i mean i i told you at the beginning of the year i remained i remained optimistic for a lot of a lot of things such as festivals and, and live events 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. Same here too. Yeah, I mean, uh, so it was. I was really surprised when uh, when this announcement came, and and the logistics of. I mean, you, you, there's so many things to factor in because obviously this is all dependent on whether or not these restrictions that are being lifted then have like a positive effect or a negative effect. So or hence the five week period that we've got in between each each uh, each thing, get, each, each restriction getting lifted. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so you're putting a lot of faith in humans uh doing the right thing <laughs> and let's be honest they haven't really done the right thing up until it, now it, it really hasn't worked at all i'd say there's a reason why we had to go into lockdown like three times it's because people weren't doing what they were supposed to do so the fact that this roadmap's now being treated as like freedom finally yet the principle is still the same you're putting faith in a lot of people that the, are expected the, to the great the great common sense of the british people which obviously as we have learned over the past year is non-existent yeah exactly so uh yeah so that's one thing to factor in just the sheer mental capacity of, of people being able to wear masks and follow rules that are set out and you know and do that there's then also we touched on it the the whole traveling thing with our international acts i mean yeah, uh, a lot of festivals. I mean, Bloodstock, Download, the majority of the lineups fairly based on acts within Europe and America. Yeah, absolutely. Canada, there's not a great deal of British-based acts on there. I mean, there's there's a few. Don't get me wrong. I mean, um, you know, you got Berry tomorrow, and and uh, oh, yeah. whatever British bands are on there now. Silosis. I swear, Priest are still on the bill, aren't they? Yeah, but Priest are based in America, mate. Although, like, they oh, are yeah. they are British band. Uh, Rob Halford and majority of the band they're all scattered. So a few oh, members, okay. members yeah, live no, in this country, right. whereas Halford's in LA, and you know, it's all it's that kind of deal. Yeah, but, exactly. uh, So there's that again because you can't necessarily assume that a lot of other countries are going to be uh, in the same position as us from a travel perspective as well as again um vaccinations and and that kind of thing uh, it's going to there's bound to be some form of restrictions so again we that that's another factor and um and also so yeah well, with this whole this is all speculative as well by the way because we're, we're talking about this uh in the end of february and you got to think the festival season's another six months away because we we have no idea whatsoever what life is going to look like in five months, four months' time, one month's time. You know, it's just that versatile at the moment. Like anything could happen. So, <clears throat> with that being said, we can only assume what's going to happen. And uh, what are your thoughts, Barnaby, in terms of? Uh, of what you think is going to happen i think i mean as you said it's really up in the air like we could end up doing better than we expected the rollout could go as planned it could be sped up so um, mm-hmm. but on the other hand i mean i'm not going to get into polit- into political things because we're not a political podcast we're a metal podcast but it really also depends on the not just the british people but also how well the government's gonna do this and they haven't exactly had a great track record so far 
No, uh, I mean that's uh, that's a given when you look at <laughs> the last yeah, twelve months. Exactly, but as I said, this isn't that we're not political by any means. No, but I'm, I think I'm largely in the same boat as you. It's really up in the air, but I'm going to try and take your attitude and remain as optimistic as I can. Yes. I was really surprised to hear this announcement, and even though it's not been looking good on the continent, if we can make festivals happen this year safely, I'm still keeping on to my Bloodstore ticket. And I'm still going. Yeah, we're there because. <laughs> being neglected of this kind of thing for so long and then all of a sudden having the hopes of it back in a matter of like months it's such an exciting prospect i mean like for me personally i mean it's <clears throat> i was i mean i've been fucking miserable everyone's been miserable you know oh everyone's yeah it's like, like nobody's been happy during this current time no it's like it's fucking just like the first couple of months of all of this it was like, oh, this is different. This is great. Like, you know, I'm kind of enjoying being at home and not having to go out into, you know, the public, the, the, the world. But after a couple of months, that does start to, you do start to become like, you know, lethargic and like you kind of, you miss that. Even if you're around people you don't like, you know, it's just nice to kind of people watch and nice to be around other humans now and again. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and completely agree. You know, being being in the into this almost like a year now since this all kicked off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was I was done with this, you know, six months in, and <laughs> the fact that we've now done a full year, yeah. I'm I am completely ready, and you know, I'm I'm getting impatient, but at the same time, I'm not gonna want the rules and i'm gonna do what of, what's expi- you know yeah, do nah, what's expected of, of course man i totally um, i totally agree i mean yeah, yeah it's the same as well as like even though it's just like come on we need to hopefully see a route out of this which we are but yeah it's like we're only gonna be shooting ourselves in the foot if we don't mm. if we flaunt the rules so i'm with you yeah. on that mate a hundred percent uh yeah and obviously given that that sort of announcement monday that's completely um it's completely like taking me out of a hole i mean although this is all based off of like you know words and not not anything um not anything set in stone mm. it's still i mean i've i've been more like chirpier i've been like just this is the kind of i felt the least kind of down in it now more than ever just purely based off of the hope of of having back some resemblance of normal life um, well exactly yeah and that's think, that's that's i'll take that because that's something to cling on to uh, you know yeah uh, exactly and the other like, thing which is um it's good for me because once festivals and concerts come back that means i can get back to my old job because for those listeners mm. who don't know i work as a local and touring crew uh in the live events industry i've been doing so for the past four and a half years yeah. so and obviously corona shut that all down and i really can't wait to get back at it again yeah, i miss yeah. it so much exactly and i'm I'm sure there's like thousands and thousands of people that are in your position as well buddy like that oh yeah absolutely. you know have worked primarily within the live uh industry whether that be from you name it setting stages up and that kind of thing to actually yeah. you know you name it but um it's such a it's such a positive it was such a positive way to start the week off with and uh i've just been buzzing ever since to be honest over the thought of of uh <clears throat> of this plan being something that could work now uh 
keeping up with the optimism as well, when you consider the fact that we are about, so they started doing the vaccinations in this country in December, right? It was about December, yeah. And then it really started to take off properly in January once the Oxford vaccine got approved. Now, when you consider uh, the fact that here we are at the end of February and nearly 20 million people have been vaccinated. Exactly. That is just such an incredible, incredible uh, thing to achieve. You know, like it really is like, especially when it's uh, granted, I mean, the, the... the the rollout i would have done it a different way but i mean who the fuck am i i'm just a cunt that likes metal music and talks into a microphone i've got no influence <laughs> on politics or the way that but um, well, you're, always allowed, well, you're, you're always allowed to say what you mean and if like yeah i'm pretty yeah. sure the definitely as well but opinions again, like I'm largely the same position i know i know but uh that's neither here or there but um yeah i mean i i just think that's an incredible incredible kind of achievement and when you consider the uh I think they're now looking at doing like people between the 40s to 50s yeah uh age bracket i mean i'm only one bracket beneath that and i'm pretty sure you're them underneath me yeah exactly so if it's looking like we're about we're gonna get our jabs at least before the summer it's looking pretty promising as I long would as things assume, keep going obviously but yeah i mean you got right exactly i mean you gotta consider like the i know that there's like making sure you have enough supplies in terms of the vaccine being available and what have you but yeah i mean i i think that's so such an achievement and when you consider that uh we're only at the end of february and they're now starting to look at the age bracket that's only only between i mean that's not that's not fucking really old people now you're you're looking at people that are middle-aged and relatively healthy uh so it's getting like i would assume because initially they said that no, no all, all adults will be vaccinated by September. <clears throat> and then it was changed to July and May. Like, based on, like, the numbers we're seeing with vaccinations, I could see it being even earlier than that, you know? Yeah, um, it, it depends. Yeah, again, it all, it all depends, all speculative. But that's really the one thing that's kind of been the redeeming kind of feature about this whole roadmap thing is like yeah yeah you can say that humans going to do the right thing and then we'll we'll gradually release stuff uh but that's all talk whereas the amount of numbers of people you vaccinated that's a fact you know you can't can't dismiss the fact that people are now walking around that have protection um and that's a lot of people so yeah i would say i mean another another couple of months and you got to consider the fact that by that point as well do you reckon like festivals are going to incorporate some kind of testing there or uh what what do you think that would look like i think that's a very good question and it's one that i mean hell there could be many ways they could do it whether it be like a rapid testing thing or you have to have a vaccination certificate or the vaccine pass which the government was talking about Yeah. yeah it really depends on how they're going to do it and i think it would probably just be like a getting results back quickly and making it cost effective that's going to be the the two main logistical challenges that the festivals would have but i think they will find a way to make it happen yeah uh yeah because i mean i've seen a lot of people commenting or commenting on uh you know multiple festival posts and rightfully so they are concerned in regards to you know what, what if the festival rolls around and you can technically go but you've obviously you're feeling quite 
anxious in regards to uh, going because yeah, let's not forget. I mean, this is a it's a very very serious fucking deadly virus, and uh, I know that I wouldn't I would want I, <laughs> although I'm chomping at the bit to get to a festival, I would want to go when I know that it's definitely safe. You know, yeah, because I don't want to as much as I love music and live events, I don't want to risk family and friends. <laughs> passing away you know it's yeah, um absolutely. it's a given so people have obviously rightfully been asking uh these types of questions on these festivals social media posts and um the problem with that is i mean you, you can't really give an answer to something that you just don't know i mean we don't know what's going to happen you can't give an answer to something that's going to be completely based in the future you know we, we don't know what's going to look like in regards to one like you say vaccine passports or some kind of card that you show to whether or not mass testing will be will it be you know something that can be done in terms of testing everyone at the gates uh although could you imagine like queuing up at a fucking even a bloodstock a 10 15 000 capacity festival and like there's just a tent filled with people that have been denied to enter because they've got covid and you're just oh, like God, seeing that. all those happy faces going into the festival and you're just sat there knowing you've got to go home and be you know be in bed <laughs> oh, that would be Incredible. absolutely heart-wrenching um but if that's what needs to be done that's what needs to be done man like uh yeah but the way i see it is realistically would you not think that if you've had like people that have been vaccinated people that have been tested before they go into the festival and people if they choose to wear a mask i mean you'd think that'd be relatively safe at that point yeah, especially with if the vaccine rollout continues so well amongst people in our age bracket, like because we're the ones that are. I mean, of course, there's no safe guarantee that we wouldn't catch a serious illness from COVID, but we are statistically less likely to get ill ourselves. You know, healthy yeah. young people like us. So I feel like, yeah, with the vaccinate with the vaccinations and with the vaccine passport to show that, yep, yeah, I've had the jab, I'm safe to come in. I do feel yeah. more optimistic. Yeah, me too, man. Um, I just think it was. Uh, I'm st- I'm just like, I'm so I'm going to be so nervous. Like, when we have this first five week period of uh, of the first, because I think it's the 29th of March that they yeah. release a certain amount of of restrictions. Yeah, and obviously it then gets reviewed on April 12th. So I think kind of between. Uh, you know, April like tenth, eleventh. I think a lot of people are going to be like really fucking nervous in regards to if it's gone well, if it hasn't. Because if it hasn't, then you know that's going to then have a knock-on effect to the rest of the process. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed that this is it. Fingers yep. crossed. Uh, yeah. All right. What else have we got in the news, Barnaby? Oh, guess who has been pissing off the Polish religious authorities? Hmm, I don't know. Elon Musk. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised considering the actual. <laughs> no, it is none other than behemoth frontman Adam Nergal Darsky, who has uh, obviously been accused of real blasphemy against, by some of the religious authorities in Poland. And um, he I has launched... He's been, uh, he's been convicted. Prosecuted. Oh, yeah, of course. 
My apologies. Yeah, yeah so it's actually he has gone to court with it. He has launched a, a GoFundMe to help with legal funds and has actually been doing quite well. I think like a lot of um, fairly well-known bands, both in and outside of Poland, donated to the cause, and he's developed quite a good following. Yeah, thanks to it, actually. Well, so he should. I mean, it's 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 insane that you know it's, they're con- they're trying to convict someone over artistic expression. You know, it's 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 fucking mad. It's such a old old law and a, a, like a, a such an old in terms of um polish law and i again i i'm no expert on this whatsoever but based on um some, uh, nurgle's social media posts and and because this isn't the first time this has happened to i mean he's been like not. he's been in and out of court battles with the polish government for years like fucking years you know i mean I think he made a point of it saying that this is like this isn't this isn't the first time you know that i've had to deal with something like this and it certainly won't be the last time either because <laughs> clearly he's just living in a in a country that's got a very very uh old outlook on the world in terms of people's yeah, beliefs that's and the way they express themselves yeah it's uh, definitely it's definitely true it's a shame because i went to, uh, i mean i love poland i love the polish people i went to visit last year before everything kicked off i loved it it's just a mm-hmm. shame the government's a bunch of wankers yeah yeah but uh should you uh wish to go and look at nurgle's gofundme i'm assuming it's just all over his social medias or has he got like a particular uh page? i think it should be all over i think it should be on his social media mostly on his um i feel like it'll be on his instagram yeah okay be surprised cool all right well power to nergy nergs and um yeah they kept uh let's hope he keeps fighting the power <laughs> uh, keep it up no goal i have a feeling he will if he's been through this before oh, he's God, just gonna be yeah. like oh it's just another day for him oh exactly yeah you know he don't fuck around he wakes up and has a bit of devil sauce in the cornflakes and uh oh yeah and away he goes cool all right well that I guess that's it for news, Barnaby, unless you've got anything else to add this week. I've got one very small bit of news I wanted to bring up. Anyone who listened to the podcast who is a Megadeth fan and a guitar player, um, Dave Mustaine has... Dave Mustaine has uh, announced uh, a partnership with uh, Gibson Guitars, ending his really long tenure with uh, Dean Guitars. Alright. Don't know why he's done that. Bad blood there, or is it... uh... I have no idea. Well, I'm going to bring this up very briefly, because there is a little bit of context which might make it seem a little bit Mm, iffy i mean back uh i think it was about a year ago gibson filed a trademark infringement lawsuit against dean guitars claiming that dean like ripped off their design of the flying v and whatever and it was just it's i could go into it for hours but i'm not going to because it's a bit yeah it goes a bit off topic so it's a bit strange how a year after or a year or so after that's been filed mustaine who's been like obviously he's dave mustaine and megadeth he's one of the most high profile people in the metal community in the world Oh, yeah. He's then I mean, jumped he was, shit. Uh, he was in a little band called Metallica at one point, I think. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now he went on to form a little known band called Megadeth. Yeah. He released a, some <laughs> okay stuff. <laughs> some okay so stuff. So it's a, bit, it's a bit strange now. He's gone from Dean shortly after having to jump ship to Gibson. It's just, um, it's just um, maybe a little bit uh, surprised. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, who knows what the story is there? I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really that. Um, I mean, I. Yeah, I like Dave Mustaine, but I've never really been a huge follower in regards to you know, from his shoe size to shoe size, <laughs> the type of guitar that he plays. Yeah. Um, 
yeah maybe there's a lot more sort of guitar geeks out there that maybe know a bit more about it in regards to maybe why you would have chosen to leave i mean i don't have you ever played a dean guitar are they any different to a gibson i've played a few of the dimebag models they were decent gibson yeah. not so much oh well fair enough all right well before we move on to the records by the way i should mention i didn't even mention this in the beginning it's pretty bad really but you may have noticed there's only two of us this week uh christoph he hasn't fucked off he hasn't left like a disgruntled band member uh no he has uh he's had his covid vaccine bless him uh so uh yeah he is feeling a bit rough feeling sorry for himself like a cat licking its wounds uh but he will be back with us next week just in case anybody might have uh might be missing uh the, the subtle rumble or the the mustache hairs oh, wisping against the microphone the plugging of all the craft beer and uh the white russians yeah, that those belches when we're kind of talking, you know, that's 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 Christos' feedback into this. That's it. That's his input, should I say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now nah, get well soon, buddy. We'll uh, yeah. We'll be back next week with Christos. But um, absolutely. For now, I think it's time that we should uh, talk about some music. Oh yes. And I mean, we are a music-based podcast, so why it wouldn't be far outside the realm <laughs> to talk about some new music, would it not? Exactly. Could you imagine if we had an episode where we're just like, no, nah, we're just going to discuss the news and that's that. Bye. Yeah, I know, right? Well, <laughs> we'd fuck, never I mean, do. We could. would never do well, that. We could never, but we could. Never say never. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> All right. Well, I think there's no better place to start in terms of the uh, the music this week. I mean, it is by far the biggest release, arguably this month, uh, in terms of metal albums. Um, so we are going to be discussing the brand new album by a little band called architects the ninth studio record by uh brighton metalcore heavyweights um so it's been a bit of uh, an interesting journey for me personally with this band um hmm. I'll, I'll get on to that a bit later but i mean barnaby predictably you're a fucking mega fan i absolutely worship <laughs> architects no i cannot understate how much i love this band all the way back from the lost forever lost to get a days through to all our gods losing i mean bless him tom Searle, r.i.p and then obviously rebuilding the band when josh middleton joined and then uh, holy hell was my record of 2018 and then here uh -huh. we are with this um record three years later nice so i mean what was the what was the first record that you had heard by him? Sorry, would you say? Uh, it was uh, Lost Forever, Lost Together, then followed by uh, Daybreak, and then All Our Gods Were Abandoned Us, which uh, right. is still my favourite Architects record of all time. Oh, uh, what, Daybreaker? Uh, all Our Gods Have Abandoned all Us. Oh, right, okay, got you. So, um, presumably, Lost Together, Lost Forever. What was that, 2000? Am I saying that right way around? Uh, Lost Forever, Lost Together. That was 2014. If I remember correctly. Oh, well, okay. Well. And then Daybreaker was 2012, and then All Our Gods in 2016. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, you see, for me, uh, I remember they were on the cover of a Metal Hammer years ago. And I think the album that they were on at that point, it was either The Here and Now or Daybreaker. I can't remember which of the two it is because they got there literally one year after the other. Um, but uh, I vividly recall that issue of Metal Hammer just being everywhere. And like it had this picture of like of Sam Carter on the front of it, and it just looked like he had eaten like a the world's hottest chili. He was just like <laughs> engulfed in fucking flames. 
And being someone at that point that would buy copies of Metal Hammer religiously, yeah, I decided to check them out. And um, it didn't click with me. Like there was, I don't know what it was. They just, they just didn't, I didn't like, you know, when you listen to metalcore, most of the time, it's so immediate and, you know, you can stick on any metalcore and like, if you like metalcore, you're probably going to like it. Oh but, yeah, I mean, look at Bleed From Within, where we reviewed last week. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Bleed From Within, I mean, Kill Switch Engage, you stick those bands on and it's like, they're so immediate, it's hard to not immediately fall in love with them, really. But I just didn't get that with Architect, so I don't know what it was. There was something about them that really, I just couldn't quite click with. And to be honest, it wasn't until the phenomenal All Our Gods of Abandoned Us, uh, abandoned us which Barnaby has said, where it truly did click with me because um i mean it, it goes without saying i mean i i think as we sit here today and we're obviously we're about to review their new record i think we can probably agree that all our gods is the best architect record right yeah amen yeah hands down 100 uh, um and then going into holy hell uh which a record i mean equally i thought that was that was just as fucking great um but given the circumstances that did surround that album it was just so under um understandably soaked in so much grief um following yeah. tom's passing yeah and all our gods has that to a certain extent because obviously it was written at the time when he was presumably going through yeah uh, it was like i think i think i have a feeling deep down he knew that he was gonna not make yeah, it so speak. yeah and, and that reflected a lot into the songs like um memento mori um gone with the winds that's another one that's uh, like there's a lot of lyrics which are a nod to i think my time's come i mean even now i'm just getting goosebumps thinking of those songs just yeah based off of like you know how incredible they are and, and knowing that they are being written from a perspective of somebody who's not gonna write songs anymore you know it's yeah. fucking it's heartbreaking to even think about but anyway um so with those two records as incredible as they were and and the fact that as i say all our gods was the first record that really clicked with me i really have got to be in like a, a certain mindset to listen to those two albums because as i said before they're just they're just so deeply ingrained in such sorrow and and grief following the story of, of what happened in the band um i mean I've been rinsing a lot of architects for the past couple of months with, you know, personal things. And it's again, it's just whenever you're feeling a bit down and, and whatnot, I think architects really are the perfect band to, to, to listen to really. They're just like, they, they really lift you up when you're down. Uh, they, they're just perfect for that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with all that being said, and, and considering the horrible circumstances that the band found themselves in um holy hell felt very much like an album that was closure for the band as well as fans you know it was kind of like okay well we can now close the book on that horrible period and and um and then it kind of begged the question well what do architects do next because you know as you said it was the geezer from silosis that joined wasn't it uh what's his uh, name uh, yeah jo uh, josh Middleton. Josh Middleton, yeah, fucking so he's a phenomenal guitar player. He's fucking incredible. And that Silosis album they released last year was fucking great. Oh, the cycle uh, of suffering. Nah, oh, man, that yeah, was man, it was so god tier. And it, it 
went and like, came and gone. Like nobody fucking really talked about it that much either, which is fucking depressing. But it was great. Uh, Silos is a great band. Yeah. So again, uh, they obviously begged the question um, following Holy Hell. Well, architects now find themselves in a situ in a position where you know that they've now they've now kind of got like an open canvas now. Um, you know that they can do whatever they want with in many ways it was kind of comparable to uh you know like a slipknot losing paul gray and a and a jerry jordison leaving it's kind yeah. of like uh, the gray chapter was obviously clearly an album that was based off of losing paul gray and and members leaving and what have you yeah and i think that makes sense they could obviously then approach we are not your kind with like a blank canvas like okay well we've got no kind of ties to any shit that's you know uh gonna drag us down so to speak not that you know this kind of thing would, would drag you down but it'd certainly be like a reminder to a lot of people well you know that they've obviously lost a key songwriter so the album's clearly yeah. maybe based off of uh losing someone that's close but yeah this um this was interesting because uh where our architects were now kind of approaching new ground um and obviously we found ourselves with, uh, for those that wish to exist, again, the ninth studio record from Architects. So Barney, I'll let you start with this one. What were your thoughts when you, uh, when you heard For Those That Wish To Exist? Uh, I remember when the singles started to drop one by one. I think it was like, it was Animals First and Black Lungs and Dead Butterflies. It took me a long time to get into them. I was yeah. like, mm, this isn't really quite what I expected from Architects. And I was like, mm, not sure I really 100% can get behind it. But then as more of the singles start to come out and as time went on, I suddenly realized, okay, this is, okay, this is something I could see the band going down. I started to enjoy it more and more. And yeah. then by the time the record came around, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm, I'm going to enjoy this sound. And I think, to put it short, I did. I really enjoyed this mm -hmm. album. Yeah, because... Uh... Like you say that the first single that was released from this was animals like you say and um i'll put it out there i did not like it i didn't like animals when i first heard it um there i don't know what it, i don't know if it was just it sounded so different to anything off of um holy how or all our gods it just didn't have any it was so it, yeah it was just it didn't sound anything like uh any of their previous stuff and i i made a conscious decision once i heard animals because i was like okay i'm gonna choose not to listen to any other singles that they may release on the build-up to the records i'm just gonna <clears throat> you know i'm gonna listen to animal i listen to animals and and then what i'll do is because a lot of the time i, I mean I, I understand the point of singles they're obviously in terms from a marketing perspective there to get people in there to obviously advertise your new shit Mm. Uh, but for me, a lot of the time, songs tend to make a lot more sense when they're in the confines of an album, as opposed yeah. to releasing it as a single, because a lot of the time you'll find, and this did happen with Architects, you'll release a single that's like Animals, which again is is different to anything that you've done before, and immediately a lot a lot of those fucking closed-minded idiots on social media just immediately then write off your record as being they've sold out. They've done the yeah. blah, blah, blah. They've yeah. sold out. And, uh, yeah, and they immediately dismiss 
the album based off of one song that they don't like. So I think that that's, um, that's kind of been a thing I'd assume that, I mean, again, I, I only saw this based off of what people said over animals. So out of the other tracks they released on the build up to the record Barney, I mean, was there any more of that in terms of people moaning that they've sort of sold out or changed their sound or was there anyone moaning to the extent that there was a lot of, there's a fair amount of that in the comments of when they released a video for Dead Butterflies. Right. Because that, I'd say, is one of the least heavy tracks on the album, I think, personally. And that didn't really, it didn't really get that much positive um, acclaim from the get-go. I think a lot of people were just like, oh, you know, they've done the Bring Me to Rise and they've sold out and, oh, this is the death of them and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, you don't know because you haven't heard the whole record yet. Yeah. And. It does highlight a little bit of an issue within the metalcore community as well. It's like, well, could you imagine if a band like The Ghost Inside did a record like this? They'd get absolutely fucking slated for it. Yeah, but why should they get slated? I mean... Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's just... so It's so fucking boring that people expect bands to just stick between the parameters of, uh, you know, what the, the, the genre wants you to. Like, they want to put bands in a box... And they don't want them to deviate from, you know, a particular sound. And that's just not how art works. You can't, like, categorise something and, you know, expect it to be like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just just not... It just doesn't work that way. So, yeah. So, once, obviously, I heard Animals, uh, as I said before, I made a conscious decision not to listen to... um, listen to the the other singles just because i wanted to i wanted to approach this uh as a full body of work i didn't want to kind of put the record on and and say okay well that's that song then that they released and then then that's that song they then because i think they released quite a fucking they released more or less half the record before yeah it it came uh, out yeah animals black lungs dead butterflies and meteor were the first four that came out in Uh, okay lead to the album yeah just still quite a few tracks to be fair yeah and i think this this might got leaked as well because a lot of people were sort of talking about uh tracks that we will move on to shortly so in terms of the subject matter this does lean heavily on uh on climate on the climate our planet happens to find itself in i mean make no mistake greta thunberg isn't going to be swinging her fucking fists around to this album uh but i will i will be <laughs> but that's so much i never thought i'd have in my head yeah well, that might be an episode title thinking about greta thunberg swinging her fists around <laughs> greta thunberg jams to new malevolence yeah yeah greta thunberg fucking wing windmilling that should solve the, solve the uh climate control issue yeah um uh yeah so going into this then the record starts off with do you dream of armageddon uh which is uh for all intents and purposes is obviously it's a big it's the big intro track before we get to the first big song and it's got like a it's like a it's like an intro to a michael bay movie for fuck's sake yeah you know what i mean it's like it's like a big epic uh big epic intro and then we get into black lungs which is the first yeah but first like full song and it it just comes in with the signature big fat fuck off riff that architects do it's a it's a massive riff in black lungs it's ridiculously huge and i was just like well this is just it's just (laughs) 
it's everything that you want from architects really i mean i, I don't know what more they could do as a, as an album opener it's perfect i think you can't yeah. fuck with that huge michael bay-esque intro going into a song like black lungs it's got all those like characteristics that you want from architects the huge fucking riffs sam carter doing his classic fucking uh you know his classic vocals and it's just like i'm not you didn't do any blah you didn't do any blah in it yeah so i think he's got i think he's gotten a bit tired of that i think he's in he was like i'm so fucking sick of only been known for doing the bear i know <laughs> and that's the thing he's a, he's a vocalist it's clearly much more than the guy that just goes blah yeah you know? well that was one of my highlights on this record is his clean vocals which i felt like he hasn't used enough for previous releases that was one of the highlights me on the record. That guy's got an amazing set of pipes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you've got a guy like Sam Carter that's, you know, as talented as he is, why the fuck shouldn't he be allowed to to do the thing that he's talented at on a record? You yeah. Know, that, no, I only want to hear him do the screamy part. I don't <laughs> want to hear him do the vocally thing, even though he's really good at it. It's like, no, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, and uh, following Black Lung's uh, you get to a song called Giving Blood, which I think is probably my favourite, uh, right now at least. Yeah, that's, that's a really the, good song. That's the thing with this album, is that there's just so much stuff to unpack. Ooh, fucking smashing the keyboard again. Um, there's just so much stuff to unpack on the album. Yeah, I can, you know, this is one of those things where what you think is your favourite song could then change to, you know something completely like another song down the line you know it's just one of those albums where the more and more that you listen to it um because you said it earlier on like although these songs weren't quite immediate so i mean i said to you i didn't i wasn't i wasn't really the biggest fan of animals when i heard it i listened to it now within the confines of the album and i fucking love animals, animals exactly yeah. so good it's yeah. so good yeah and you also uh, have to think about how it's going to work in a live setting as well i can totally see all the tracks working live brilliantly yeah it's just a fucking stomping song you just like in the same way that you know like slipknot obviously i'm making a lot of slipknot comparisons today like they've got psychosocial which is their classic kind of you know stomping fucking song yeah you know? it's purely just like just like getting just smashed in the piece. face repeatedly yeah. with a baseball bat. It's just a constant, repetitive fucking, uh, like you say, a beat, uh, fucking bat to the face. But Animals has got that, you know. It's just got that stomping aesthetic to it. It's, it's, it's fucking great. But yeah, so I loved giving blood. I, I thought that there's just like um, going back to the start of the album. Sorry, I'm going all over, jumping all over the place. It's Barney's fault. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um yeah so giving blood it's just like it's got such um a punchy nature about it uh and it has like this widdly refrain throughout it throughout the whole song yeah and um it's just it just sounds fucking huge it's just such a huge song but you could picture that being belted out and fuck it at wembley oh yeah just filling Easily. the entire arena it's just that much of a huge, huge song. In terms of guest vocals, now there's actually quite a few guests on this album. Yeah. One I didn't see coming out of nowhere. Like, who the f- what? What? What is going on? And it's it's not Winston McCall of Park. Oh Ranger no, we Ranger. saw that one coming from a mile away. Yeah, because you know Winston McCall, 
why wouldn't he be on an architect's record? I mean, exactly. Yeah. But Simon Neal of Biffy Clyro. And the guy from Royal Blood, I think, as well, Mike. Mike yeah, and, and, yeah. I was like, what is going on here? I know, like, and going back to Simon Neal, fuck me, has he got, like, I mean, you forget, like, how much of a fucking screamer Simon Neal is. I mean, you look at Biffy Clyro now, and they're, like, this very kind of um, radio rock, huge, massive, I mean, I love Biffy Clyro. Uh, oh, yeah. But you don't really associate Biffy Clyro with the whole sort of screaming thing anymore. Like their first couple of albums, he was doing that a lot. You know, uh, Vertical Bliss and what have you. They're fucking incredible records. But Biffy have obviously gradually they've obviously changed their sound and and they've become more of like a hard rock type radio band now. And you don't hear so much of the harsh vocals from Simon Neil. But when he comes in on a goliath it's it's so good it's so fucking good because yeah. i i didn't even um that's the thing about this because uh, i i put the album on and press play i mean uh, i don't i didn't have the track listing in front of me because i know that a lot of the time the track listing it will sort of give the game away it will say featuring blah 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 but i didn't read any of that i just literally put the album on turn my back to it and then just you know and just listen to it and um it's when Simon Neal came in, I was like, no, is that, is that Simon? Have they like taken a yeah. snippet from like an early, an early Biffy fucking album and just like dumped it on there? I was like, no, it's actually Simon Neal singing on an architect song. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it goes without saying, I mean, Winston McCall doing what he does, fucking incredible, incredible death growl. You know, it's just he's got such a recognizable fucking growl now, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh, Permanence, that track wasn't. I think that was definitely one of my favorites on the album, just for when it comes and he builds up to the breakdown. And when it hits, it's like, oh, that's juicy. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Lifts it so, so good. Yeah. Like, I would say in Permanence, would you say it's, that's got to be the heaviest one on the album? Oh, yeah, by far. I think uh, Discourse, and De- Discourse is Dead was also another one that really stood yeah. out for me. Especially with the intro, and it's so anthemic, and then it kicks straight into what Architects are known for. It was like they just melded the two together so perfectly. Yeah. Well, it's like you were saying that they're, they're utilizing Sam Carter so well on this album in terms of uh, doing those those really, really hooky, melodic bits they're so good like he sounds incredible on this album from start to finish sam carter oh yeah he does um it's fucking great um now it's when the album gets to uh flight without feathers which i think is track number eight on the album yeah let me just have a quick little gander is it number eight it is track eight yeah you're yeah number eight okay do a double take then okay so I think that this is where a lot of that closed-minded fucking idiocy comes from, from people, um, when they obviously say that, you know, they've sold out! It's yeah, like, the, oh, well, the metalcore is dead! Yeah, like, well, for the record, like, I mean, it, it is my least favourite track, but it's not a fucking terrible song. No, not by um, any means. I mean, the thing is, as we said, like, all of these songs are growers you're not going to immediately click with them necessarily um you know this is a this is an album i think that you really need to live with before you truly truly appreciate how incredible incredible of an album it is absolutely um yeah 
Flight Without Feathers, it's like it's just like an electronic song that's been thrown in in the middle. But again, like I found it's quite a nice kind of cleanser from the uh, from the, the, the standard kind of metal core that you would that you would find. I mean, uh, either side of it. I mean, um, I I thought it was just a nice break in between. Uh, and it, yeah. was, it was different, you know. It yeah, was, exactly. It was just a very kind of ambient-y uh, based electronic song with Sam Carter. And um, yeah, I I really don't understand how a band such as Architects uh, are being written off because they've got one song on here that's an electro-pop based song. Yeah, and the rest and of just, the album is fucking, it rips your head off, you know. It just seems to be the closed-mindedness in the metal community is still prevailing. I mean, hell, maybe this is something we'll have to discuss in depth on a further episode of the podcast, like uh, discussing issues within our community. Yeah, well, how long's a piece of string, mate? Oh, that's true as well. And it might be, be the name to... of the fucking episode title. How, how long, long is a piece, piece of, of string? string? The problems with the metalcore community or the yeah. metal community. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's something we can touch base on. That the track for me that did that was the last one, which is "Dying Is Absolutely Safe," because that is pretty mm. much an acoustic track, and I fucking loved it. It sounded great, and it was cleansing, cathartic. It was beautiful, and it was a great way to close out the album. Mm. And yeah. I think that's definitely going to be another track which is going to angle, anger the purists. It's like, it hasn't got breakdowns, it hasn't got all zeros and zeros and ones. Yeah. It's just, let them like, do something different for a change. He could have at least thrown in a blat in the fucking, in the yeah. ballady bit. It's like, well, no, he's not going to throw in a fucking blat in like yeah. the middle of like a, uh, I mean, I appreciate it's cliche to say, but that song is epic. You can't yeah. really say it's an epic a stringed quartet based song to close the album yeah um, well they did they did a similar thing on holy hell as well but they had the wasted hymn which is a very ballady kind of track yeah uh obviously they're utilizing quite a lot of strings as they uh you know each out i mean i think this has got to be there's a lot more strings on this album than there was holy hell right there's yeah got, yeah uh i mean it's, i don't think there's it's got to be a good chunk of the album that's got strings to it but oh yeah they just enhance the whole sound of the band. I mean, I don't see a problem uh, with having strings on it. Yeah, I I mean, we've obviously already put it out there that this isn't my favourite Architects album. Um, but again, I, I mean, I don't think well, when you look at the Architects, architects of today uh, compared to the Architects of, you know, a couple of years ago and, and obviously the turmoil that they've been through. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't really expect them to make an album better than uh, All Our Gods and Abandoned Us, really. Exactly. That's like uh, It's like what the blackening is to Machine Head, I think. Yeah, yes, exactly. It's, it's got that thing about it where, well, you can't top perfection, really. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just, I think they've done an incredible job with this album. I really don't see I, a fault I, with it. Yeah, I do as well. This I mean, again, as I, as you mentioned, not my favorite Architects release, but this is probably going to be one of my top albums of this year. Yeah, I think when I get we, when we get to the other end of 2021 and look back on what's going to be our favorite albums, this is going to be there. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be pretty high for me, mate, because um, I just uh, I can't fault it, and I I really don't see the sort of the hesitancy towards all of this because. Uh, I mean, reading the 
the stuff on socials now. I mean, people, it's getting good praise. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's oh yeah, it is. Views, but the fan base, it's been quite a few people moaning, and I um, really don't know why. I don't understand. Yeah, uh, people, people are always going to complain about something. Yeah, well, they can get fucked. <laughs> Maybe that should be the title of this episode. Dear Elite, yeah, get yeah. fucked. Well, okay. Uh, have you got anything more to add to Architects, Barnaby, before we move on? Other than Sam Carter and Co., you've done an amazing job. Thank you so much. Good job, boys. Uh, again, that is Architects with their ninth album for those that wish to exist. It is out now. All right, so moving on to. None other than a Mr. Alice Cooper with his, would you believe, Barnaby, his 21st solo studio record, uh, The Godfather of Shock Rock. So, Jesus. I know, right? Fuck me. It's crazy. But I'm, I'm dead excited to talk about this. Yeah. So what is your relationship with Alice Cooper? Barnaby. I think I think we can all say that we're fans of the Alice Cooper of all. Like, I mean, obviously the guy did oh, Feed My Frankenstein, Hey Stupid, School's Out. Nah, I fucking love old Alice Cooper, man. The guy's an absolute legend. Okay, oh yeah. I mean, I, I, mate, you're you're talking to somebody who's, uh, you know, I fucking love that shit. In terms of like shock rock, you you know, you couldn't find a bigger fan of. I love, I love Alice Cooper. I find, I mean. It's a bit of a weird one. So when it comes to Alice Cooper, I mean, I love the guy fucking wholeheartedly. I think he's an incredible, incredible dude when you consider the fact that his age and uh, he's one of those rock stars that's kind of, he's not gone down the path of um, drugs and alcohol and he's not like, a, you know, you look at Ozzy Osbourne now and he's just fucked. You know, you can barely understand what he's talking about. Whereas Alice Cooper's just so coherent and he's, you know, so switched on. He's got his, you know, he's got his finger on the pulse. He's, he's the only one I could think you could probably point to in terms of those old rockers because uh, Iggy Pop's fucked. You know, he looks like a bull sack. Um, and I mean, most other ones are probably dead by now. I mean, fuck. I mean, is there any other rock stars you can think of of, of Alice Cooper's kind of status that aren't it's an absolute mess? Not really, because I would say Vince Neil, but Vince Neil can't sing anymore, and he's a fat, overweight fuck. So, well, I mean, Vince Neil's even like he's he's not kind of uh, oh, yeah, know, same same nah, fucking caliber as. Oh, I just thought yeah, I'd bring him. Up. I thought I'd just bring him up to slag him off. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well. <laughs> I'll never stop from uh, I'll never stop you from doing that, Barnaby. <laughs> but um, yeah, so as I say, this is the twenty-first solo record by uh, Alice Cooper, and it's called Detroit Stories. So I listened to an interview uh, of his before diving into this one. So as I said, because as much as I love Alice Cooper, I, I, I do question sometimes what more can he truly offer the world that he hasn't already done before. Because mm. you got to think, the guy's been doing this now for 50 years. Yeah. For o- over 50 years, which is, in- is fucking insane. And um, I found that the idea behind this new record was interesting. So uh, Alice Cooper being from Detroit himself, um, I mean, th- there's a reason why we know it as Detroit Rock City. Purely yeah. based off of the sheer volume of bands that, that come from there. I mean, you name it from the Stooges to the White Stripes, fucking MC5. Um, yeah many many incredible artists uh, including Alice Cooper and um, yep. 
he felt like he wanted to make an album that would tip the hat, so to speak, to uh, his peers in the 70s whilst coming up in this sort of very significant place. So I think that, I mean, that's really something that should be commended before we even dive into the music. Uh, the fact that here we are 52 years since his first solo album and he's written something that's um, that he's not delved into before as a concept. Uh, so uh, that in itself is, is fucking awesome. So you said, Barney, that you're obviously... Uh, you're an, a big fan of, of obviously Schools Out and Feed My Frankenstein and and all yeah. of the biggers, big, the big hitters, so to speak, of, of Alice Cooper. I mean, I'm I'm very much in that vein as well. Um, I mean, in terms of uh, of Alice Cooper, I mean, I I tend to pick bits here and there. The fact that he's got a 52 year career uh, and you can go back throughout all of his discography and pick out incredible music. There's a oh, lot yeah. of fucking incredible stuff Alice Cooper's got yeah uh, in, in his absolutely. canon so as for this album itself it's about 15 tracks in total and uh yeah it's it's kind of um it's it's, it's like an odd one because with alice cooper's back catalog in particular i mean i can um i can pick out a few good songs off of his last record paranormal back in 2017 that are great uh, I can also pick off uh, a couple of good songs off uh, 2011's Welcome to My Nightmare 2, the sequel to the original. But the last album that I can remember clawing over was all the way back in 2008, which is an album called Along Came a Spider, which for my taste just felt like uh, the last truly kind of horror-based style of album, uh, both in terms of the subject matter and the general sound of the album. It's like uh, over the past 10 years, uh, I, I think... It seems like Alice has gone back to the more rooted mix of, of blues, jazz, uh, soul, hard rock. Um, and that's more or less this album uh, reincarnate, basically. It's understandable, given um, the, the sort of whole concept behind it is obviously tipping the hat to those peers that he had back in the 70s and these acts from Detroit. So what did you reckon then, Barnaby, going into, uh, into Alice Cooper's Detroit stories? Yeah, on the whole, I thought it was okay. I wouldn't say I was massively impressed. Uh, the highlights of me were the production, which I found really harked back to how he sounded in the 1970s. Yes. So I really, yes. I really dug that. You and can tell it's that's also the purpose too. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Harking back to the glory days of Detroit's music and his vocal range as well. The fact that he can still sing a tune absolutely perfectly despite his age um, compared to some of his peers, like, I mean, Ozzy being the main one we just mentioned. Yeah. I was impressed by that. It's great. I mean, it's the thing with Ozzy these days. Like, it's just all auto tune when you listen to an Ozzy Osbourne album. In, yeah, like, twenty twenty one or twenty twenty. Yeah, but now out last year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. straight. I think it had the song "Straight to Hell" on it, which in itself it. wasn't a bad tune. No, but again, it's just like you know that it, you're being sang at by a computer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, Alice is just like it's incredible, like you say, that he has kind of preserved you still i think he's still got a great rock voice and the fact that he's preserved it not only says a lot about uh the fact that he clearly he does take care of himself in terms of the whole drugs and alcohol thing and that's evidence to show that well it clearly it does get you in the end regardless you know yeah it doesn't matter um, how old how young you are yeah this is it so and the fact that i will say this it takes a lot of balls to open up your new album with a cover because uh, rock and roll, that's um, that's a Velvet Underground cover. 
So that's oh, not actually. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Lou Reed. Um, oh, so that's not actually wow. a, an original. It's not a song that was written uh, in terms of new material. It's mm. just a cover of a, of a song. And um, yeah, the fact that he just doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, well, I'll do what the fuck I want. I'm Alice Cooper. It's like, yeah. yeah I mean, that, I, oh, I respect. That's, I respect. That's that. the vibe I get off it. As soon as you press play, it's just like. Yeah, fuck you. I'm going to open up with a cover of like a song that's been around for, you know, just as long as I have. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of uh, the record as, uh, as it progresses, I mean, I couldn't have really put it better, to be honest, in terms of uh, that mix of the blues, jazz, soul, hard rock. Uh, I mean, it encompasses all of that sound perfectly uh, throughout the record. The song Our Love Will Change the World. Now, um, I can see you grinning because yeah. uh, it sounds like... <laughs> now, for all intents and purposes, it's basically a poppy love song. But here's the beauty of Alice Cooper, because you listen to a song like that and it, you, know, you can imagine that coming out of like the fucking Beatles or like, you know, some, some like uh, very poppy-esque boy band type, you know, band you, you think of. But... The beauty of Alice Cooper is, is that you got this like very poppy love song, but then you look at the menacing appearance of Alice Cooper against this sort of very kind of poppy backwash. And like, that's immediately what makes it so appealing. Um, it kind of just taps into that kind of humor aspect yeah. of, of what Cooper brings. Cause I don't know about you, but like the idea of looking, you know, seeing this like, goth willy wonka looking guy yeah singing exactly. this very poppy-esque fucking love song it's great i just thought it was just like that's all i could when i put that when i heard that song that's all i could picture was like you know the, the kind of like a, a goth gene wilder fucking um in the chocolate factory just like swinging his cane around looking like really fucking dark and yet this song is just so so gooey and so lovey it was just like it yeah, really, yeah, it's what you want from like a, uh, an Alice Cooper style lovey song, you know, it's yeah. like it's got this really dark, although it's a happy song, it looks very, it looks very sinister. Yeah, um, no, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised, mate, if a few, a few months down the line we get another music video and it'll be that exactly. It'll be basically this song and Alice Cooper looking very demonic and fucking satany singing this song um i hate you's terrible <laughs> that's not a good song <laughs> yeah i wasn't um, on that one either yeah i mean it, it sounds like ben stiller cheerleading basically <laughs> uh it's a very it's like a, it's got a very cheerleading cheerleading-esque thing about it and i didn't dig that really um wonderful world i liked i thought that was great it's just like a it's like a floaty rock song with a lot of swagger to it yeah yeah i thought that really stood out this is where it does get a bit weird <laughs> hanging on by a thread um so what did what did you think of hanging on by a thread mm, didn't really do it for me to be honest i can yeah. understand the appeal of it but i was just like yeah, it's not really my bag the thing is i mean it's a it's a it's a very on the nose song based around suicide prevention um which i completely see 
the point of it. I mean, oh yeah, I mean that's 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 a very important thing to uh, to do. And, and yeah, absolutely. I commend Dallas Cooper again for for deciding to put a uh, a song like this on a uh, or just record a song like this. Um, but my issue with it is um, it, you're putting a song. It just seemed a little odd to put a song like this on an album with a clear concept of like you know being about detroit roxy and you know growing up there and being amongst all the incredible musicians that were there it just seemed a bit bizarre to have like this um this uh, this song uh quite towards the latter end of the album i mean i kind of feel like this would have worked it, it would have been great if if maybe um you know if it was released maybe as like a standalone single as opposed to being attached to this record yeah i see where you're coming from on that it, just so it's like it's its own concept yeah well it kind of thing because it kind of takes you a bit out of the um the concept of the whole detroit i mean uh, the whole detroit stories thing i mean it is i, I think it's a good song uh personally uh, i mean it, it does really drill home the fact that we're all in the shit together but yeah uh, no of course I just, I just felt that it seemed a little odd to sort of chuck sort of have that song on this particular record when again it has got quite a clear concept uh and with that not really kind of being part of it you know it was sort of its own separate thing um that's equally as uh well if not more more important to be perfectly honest um and uh, yeah the, the fact that he does like a bit of the spoken word bits throughout all of it and i think at one point in the song he does actually give like the number four like suicide prevention hotline and whatnot yeah nah, kudos for him to doing that yeah yeah that's um that's a really good thing to do but i just think it would have been a lot more effective doing it as a as a standalone single probably would have got yeah attention. i'll agree to that yeah uh, I, th- I think one song that really stood out for me on the record was detroit city 2021 i really dug that yeah totally and sure. also hail mary as well that was a track i really got down to i liked it um i mean detroit uh, City 2021. I mean, if you wanted to sort of get, I think that's the perfect song if you wanted to grasp what this album is about, basically. Uh, I mean, if, if you if you don't understand what we mean in terms of the, the concept of this album, just listen to that song and you'll immediately get it. I mean, I think the first opening line is him talking about touring with like Iggy and with Bowie and, and stuff like that. It sounds yeah. like as fuck. Just sort of cements the fact that like, you know, Alex Cooper has been around the block and he is, you know, he's fucking done it he's done it you know he's just a, a fucking living legend at this point yes i mean in summary uh i think the album does a good job um i mean it's again it's another cooper album that i can pick things off that i enjoy but as a whole uh, again it's it's kind of it's at that stage where it's just another cooper record that um that kind of won't it won't be an album that i'll listen to as a whole but i'll listen to certain songs off it yeah uh, i think i'll fall into that camp as well to be honest yeah yeah exactly okay well um was there anything further you wanted to add to uh alice cooper before we uh before we move on barnaby uh not that i can think of no i think i've said all i've needed to say all right cool well uh that is alice cooper detroit stories is out now uh all right well uh that in which case brings us to the end of this week's show so uh not quite we still have one more song to discuss oh shit sorry mate how could you forget about gojira 
Oh, mate, I fucking... I'm, I'm <laughs> disgusted with myself. A flying whale is going to land on your house now. You've made me want to punch me. Me? I. I want to punch me. You want to punch uh, yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A flying whale is going to land on your house now. Uh, fuck me, I ain't got house insurance, mate. I can't afford that. Mate. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so uh, apologies. Barney is correct. Uh, we, in fact, uh, neglected the fact that... Uh, I mean, I think we briefly mentioned it last week, but... We, we did, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Gojira, out of nowhere released a brand new song and have also given us a date a release date of their brand new album which is i understand called fortitude yes uh, it is out in april yes so uh big fan of, of gojira barnaby i'd say i'm uh fairly <laughs> sizable fan considering i've seen them live twice and own quite a few of their past albums absolutely oh, yeah, love that. got the t-shirt yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah I, I'm 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 um in the same boat as you. Again, no pun intended. I fucking love Gojira. They are just um I think you can you can really champion Gojira as being one of those bands that are like, well, what's great about metal right now? And then you yeah. just point to Gojira and you think, well, it's them. They're like the shining beacon in terms of like uh, modern metal music, I think. I think them and Behemoth um, are the ones. I know them. No, fuck that. I mean, Behemoth more of like if you're looking towards their extremer end of things. But if you want, like, in terms of uh, quite big, big, expansive, popular now, because let's not forget, I mean, Gojira Stranded did fucking huge things for them. I mean, I think oh, they got yeah. they, they got radio players off of that, and it was like a big commercial song. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Gojira really are a band that the metal community can point to towards in regards to, uh, you know, the shining beacon uh, when it comes to bands today. Um, yeah, so uh, again, so Fortitude, I understand, is coming out April time, right? Yeah, it is. It's coming out on, God, I had the release date or somewhere, April the 30th via April, Ro- Roadrunner Records. Oh, mate, so we got like two months yeah well just sort of just over two months yeah so um we will be reviewing that but in the meantime we wanted to very briefly chat about the new song that they did release uh which i understand is what's it called born of one is that uh, right? born for born for one thing born for one thing and it is it's going to be the first track off the album i've got the track listing up here in front uh, of me. okay brilliant yeah so before we actually talk about that track did you listen to another world I did, yeah. Yeah. I, I dug it. Really, really dug it. Yeah, because that was a song that, again, they just, like, out of nowhere, they just dropped it. And I was like, oh, great. Does that mean we're getting a new Gojira album? And then there was no mention of an album. It was just this standalone single. I was like, oh, yeah. it's a bit odd that they've just chosen to drop this um, drop this banger just because they felt like it. Yeah, they're being the ultimate teasers doing that. It's like, oh, new Gojira's coming. Fuck yes. And it was yeah. just like, no. Oh. Thanks. <laughs> the, the video for that was great as well. It was like all them building like rockets in space. It was fucking it was weird yeah. animations. It was, it's it was like weird. honestly, Gojira can do no wrong. I think no. like they could they could do their own recording of OK Human by Weezer, and it'd be amazing. Oh fuck! Imagine that. Jesus Christ! I would give it a listen, but I don't know if uh, I, I think Weezer are beyond saving at this point. Even if you get a band like Gojira to try and you know 
rectify all the fuck ups. But um, <laughs> yeah, like uh, I really digged Another World, and like I was fully expecting like an album release date or something, and it never came. So I was like, okay, fair enough. Well, they've just decided to drop a single, uh, as you do. And um, I thought it had to have been like, when was that? Like that was, had to, it was last year. Was it like October time? I think they dropped Another World. Yeah. It was a long yeah. time ago. And uh, yeah, Another World will be also appearing on uh, their new record as well, Fortitude. So uh, I think it's the second track. Third uh, track. I didn't track. know it was a very until you mentioned it. I'm quite happy about that. I thought they were yeah. just going to do that as a standalone single and that was that. No, so you've yeah, got, um, you got on our wonder. I mean, it's a great song as it is, but uh, you got to wonder how it's going to fit within the confines of that new album. I mean, <laughs> it's one of those albums where you know it's going to be fucking incredible before you even heard like uh, any other material from it because we've heard uh, Born From Nothing and what did you make of it, Barnaby? Loved it. Yeah, I think there's no other better way of like, saying it. Uh, the I most like, predictable answer. It. Yeah, uh, I mean it's probably like, the most predictable thing that you're going to hear on this show. But we both fucking loved the new Gojira song. Um, I thought that like it was it was it was a great mix because uh, despite what they did on Magma and Magma is fucking incredible, Magma had a lot more of a um, it was a lot more experimental. I mean, prior to that was La Son Sauvage. La right? Sauvage, yeah, that yeah. came out in 2012, and then there was a four-year gap, and then Magma was out in 2016. Yeah. So uh, there was a clear departure, I think, from, like, not that Magma didn't have its fucking moments in terms of, like, heaviness, but I felt that between uh, La Son Sauvage and Magma, there was a change in direction because... You know, Last One Savage had some crushing songs. Absolutely crushing. Oh, yeah. I, I think the uh, opening track. Oh, God. I'm going to have to listen to the Oh, Explosion. Like, that was the opening like, track. Oh, that's Explosion. It, yeah. uh, Born in Winter. Uh, Liquid Fire. Yeah. Uh, all those tracks were absolutely god tier. Gift of Guilt. I love that to you as well. Yeah. Oh, that's another good one. I remember they played that live when I saw them in Brixton. Uh, but I think it was the year after we saw them at Bloodstock. Fuck me, that was an Oh, no, I, I was at that Brixton show. It's where someone threw a fucking beer on their lighting rig. Um, yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. that's happened twice. So when we went to see them, the lighting rig got trashed. And we went to see Machine the year later, and the sound got trashed. No, I mean, that was only a few months. Like, that was the same year, mate. So, like, Go oh, Gira, shit. No, it was. Gira no, you're was right. June, and then Machine Head was October or November. Yeah. So it was like this in the space oh, of like three months, the same thing happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as I say, so the give like Last on Savage had such crushing moments and Magma was a lot more somber and a lot more experimental. It didn't have those quite crushing elements to it. But Born for One Thing basically incorporates everything. So it's got the crushing nature of like the, the old school Gojira in there. Uh, we're talking stuff off the way of all flesh, um, Master Serious, and yeah. it kind of it, it meets. It's a perfect medium between both those records as well as everything they've done up to this point, including Magma. They've got such an ident uh, identifiable sound at this point. It's just sort of like, well, the minute you hear it, you know that it is the Plantier brothers, basically, because they both yeah. just, they've got such a it's like it's like the same thing with like you know the um, Abbott brothers, Dimebag and Vinny that they you immediately knew it was them because they had that classic sound between them both, and 
Yeah. The Cavalier brothers have got it. The Duplantiers have got it. It's just there's something about siblings and the way that they interact with each other with instruments. It's just it's I don't know what it is, man. Like you immediately it's so recognizable as soon as you hear it. Um yeah, so I fucking I am chomping at the bit to get this record in our ears and uh yeah, and blabbering about it. I mean I'm gonna be spitting all over this microphone when it's uh when it comes up for review. Yeah, it's, rest uh, assured it will be on the podcast when it comes out. Yes. One hundred percent. I mean I could probably probably just say now that that's my album of the year. I'm saying it. Yeah, I know it's going to be amazing because it's Gojira. Yeah, it's basically it's going to be my number one album of the year. And I've not even heard. I've heard one song. No, two songs off it. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, am, I, am I right to finish now? Have we got anything uh, else that I don't know about? Oh, about Gojira? No, but I do want to do a quick public service announcement on behalf of one of my friends um who okay. is in a de- who's one of my friends uh who i went to uni with he's in a deathcore band called sphinx they are from london and they are currently in the process of tracking their um latest album and the tracking is done but one thing is missing and that is that they need a vocalist right. so i just wanted to do a quick little plug for them as uh, i'm good friends with the guys in the band and they're all great people and the music's really good mm-hmm. if anybody listening knows of anyone who is uh wanting to be a vocalist in a death metal band or you yourself want to be i'm gonna put a link to their facebook page in the post of the podcast when it comes out on facebook on sunday so you can go and check them out and potentially get in contact with them if you know anyone who would be suitable for that role all right well there we go well all right well in that case that's uh, it now <laughs> your public service announcement there yeah. mate Yep. <laughs> giving them a giving them a bit of a plug. What are they called? Sphinx. Sphinx. I'll send a I'll send you a link to them after the podcast. They're okay, a really cool. solid band. Nice one. All right, decent. Cool. All right. Well, uh, that about does it for the show this week, everybody. So we, uh, as always, do appreciate you listening. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on all of our social platforms: Instagram, Facebook, uh, our YouTube channel is looking a bit naked. So get on there. Get involved. Start communicating with us. Send us albums to talk about. If you're in a band, send us albums that you want us to listen to. Who gives a shit? We'll talk about it. We will talk about it till the cows come home. Send uh, us pies you want us to try. Send us anything. I wouldn't go that far, mate. <laughs> you want to start tasting pies in a fucking pandemic from strangers? The Jesus Pie and Peace podcast. Mm. I like to live dangerously. What can I say? <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, that about does it again, everybody. So uh, thank you very, very much for listening. And we'll be back next week uh, for more stuff. So uh, ta-ta for now, everyone. Goodbye for now.